Wardcast episode 162, go! I'm Dylan Vento, and today I'm joined by Khalif Adams, one-third of the Spawn on Me podcast. How you doing, Khalif? What up, man? How you doing? I'm happy to happy to finally be on the Wardcast, chilling with you and hanging out and seeing what's going on in this fine Sunday. What's what's good? <laughs> uh, it's nothing much. I mean, try and take it easy. Try and take it mellow. Um, it's uh, it's been it's been a wild ride this year. I know I know you can relate. You have been busy. You have been kicking kicking much ass, <sighs> getting things done, knocking uh, out of the park. I'm 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 excited for for where the show is. Uh, I. Mm-hmm. I know you can relate. I know you did episode 250 at PAX West. Yeah. Big milestone. That was fun. That was that was one of those, you know, you get to check it off the, the, the to-do list of things in the goals box. And you're just like, all right, now this is done. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a life, that's the life of a podcaster at this point. It's like, all right, so you've done this. You said you were going to do this. Now, what's the next thing to help you kind of push the push the show along? So, we're in the, we're in that part of it. Looking at 2019 now, at this point, to be like, all right, so what's going to be what we want to do, and how do you want to push things forward, and see how far we can go? Yeah, I know you mentioned uh, you had like a, a subscriber uh, mark goal benchmark. You said you wanted to hit 10,000. Yeah, yeah. We're I haven't checked the numbers lately. I try. It's weird. You know how that is as a podcast. You're just like, all right, let me look at the numbers and then either be really excited or really depressed. Or <laughs> let, me, let me. Uh, what day of the week is it? How much can I trust these numbers? How good is this weed? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like, how do you figure out what's the metric that you need to? Because it feels like you know this, having done this for a while. Like the metrics feel like they're constantly changing. And it feels like the metrics that you need to be paying attention attention to are the usual ones, but there's always like these sneaky things that come in from the sides where it's just like, what is this supposed to be like? What's my demo? Like, who are the folks in that demo? Like, are they, you know, how interactive are we and they to to the show? It's all it's all a weird weird bowl of soup, but it, but it's a cool bowl of soup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I mean, you guys obviously do a lot of more. Uh other other media other other content like you do streaming and and you had that awesome charity stream and a bunch of other stuff and i remember i think one of like the this like shattering of the glass moment i had was when you were on the giant bomb couch and you said something like (laughs) yeah i just can't do podcasts anymore man like you can't just only be doing podcasts it's like that that well i mean i don't know if the well is dry or like what what terminology you use but it's like relying solely on that is like your outreach is like you can't just rely on that. And I was just like, oh, God. I know. Oh, oh no. Dude, it's so it's such a weird thing because I like I grew up in that era of in that. It's, it's weird because it's like the folks who have been doing this kind of work who started in like 91 or like 92, they're finally doing well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's right. the bugged out metric of like, if you look at the timeline, if you're not a celebrity and you are not a person who was like been in, especially if you're in the gaming industry, haven't been in the gaming industry for like 10 plus years. And now you start a podcast like you're good if you do that. Right. If you did something that was like in the five, you know, five years ago till now, like it's a different ball of wax. Like it's totally different in terms of saturation point and fighting for space. And trying to figure out, you know, like, you, like you can't just do the one thing. And it's interesting to see, you know, talking about the giant bomb crew, like how they had to change it up to still stay relevant. 
You know what I mean? Like everyone is doing the, the multi-pronged attack at this point. And it still feels like it may not be enough to separate yourself without Oprah just like jumping <laughs> on the podcast and being like, I anoint you the best <laughs> podcaster on the planet and everyone I listens to this podcast. Spot on me. Man, listen, if if Oprah rolled through and was like, yo, Spawn on Me is the best podcast. You need to listen to it. Even if she's like, it's not the best podcast. She's like, maybe you should just go check it out. That alone would get us advertisers. <laughs> like that alone would get you advertising money, which is nuts to know that that's the case. But it is like you need you need someone to anoint you or you need someone to like give you the crazy cosign or stuff like that to like make sure that your show is doing well, and like it's pushing forward. So it's it's weird. It's just a really weird space. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt. And uh, you know, like, we, we've talked about Josiah Norton's uh, work on 1099, and I think mm-hmm. he's, he's just doing a, an awesome job over there. But I really, he's killing f- it. I felt like uh, when he had all, like, the entire, well, most of the GB crew on there, like, at one point, I think, like, he did, like, Vinny, Alex, Dan, and then I think he, he had Jeff on, and I think Jeff was, like, the, the, critical, the critical mass point where it's like, oh, oh yeah. Jeff is on this podcast. Oh, a lot of giant Bob people are on this podcast and that like, and then they realize like, Oh my God, like all of these press people or like Michael Pactor's on this podcast. Like I think he hits a good, um, a demo, a, a good, a good, uh, strata of, of yeah. guests that I really appreciate. I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's the kind of guests that, that, uh, I, I look for because I, I kind of focus mostly on indie or, you know, independent creators in general. And it's both good because like you lend kind of a, you give a platform for people whose voices aren't normally heard. But at the same time, it's like these people don't have as big of an audience. So like obviously like yeah. your, your reach is smaller because you're focusing on on smaller known, lesser known people. I mean, that's the thing, though, right? It's like if the strategy that I always try to implore is like you want to do a good mix of all that stuff. Like we still haven't had any giant bomb folks on the show, but I feel like at this point we've done well enough that if we wanted to ask those folks, they would be down to be on, which which is nice to be able to feel like that's a thing so that you kind of hold it in your back pocket. You know what I mean? Like. You know, like, it's like, all right, I've made enough inroads with enough people and gotten to enough places where it's like, all right, if I shoot out the email, it's not a no at this point. It's like, I'm busy. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that changes it a lot, which is different. And Jose has been killing it. Like, he's been doing such good work. Yeah. Um, And I remember seeing him, I think, at, uh, I think it was at E3. And I just rolled over and gave him a hug. I was like, dude, you're killing it right now. Like, you're, you're like doing such good work. And he was like, man, it's, I'm, you know, I'm just pushing. I'm just doing stuff. I was like, man, nah, you, you're you getting folks that I'm like, yo, I didn't, I, we didn't get those cats yet. Like, you're, you're doing good work. And that's the thing is like, I still look at all of this as, as a, as a family kind of thing. You know, like, I'm genuinely happy to see other folks I know in this space doing well and to feel like, at some point that trickle down will happen for us or, you know, we'll, we'll be able to share information about, you know, like who do you want to talk to with those people and keep that, keep that thing kind of moving in a good way. So like all of us can kind of live, which I think is again, like it is super saturated, but like you, all of us have podcasting friends at this point. Right. And we're all kind of looking out for each other to be like, well, you need to get to such and such. Like I can help you get to such and such. And that feels good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, that keeps me from wanting to like, throw my hands up and be like this is not going what i wanted to do <laughs> we didn't get co-signed by oprah yet this is crap <laughs> so, oprah <laughs> bust oprah bust oprah bust right like but i think that that's a good thing to remember is like it's not oprah bust 
Yeah. Like you can grow a good community in a good space and have a solid following. It just depends on what your goals are. Like if your goals are to get crazy big advertising money, then you need Oprah or bust. Like, or you need, or you need Jeff or bust. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like that stuff works in terms of getting you out there and in front of people. So it all really depends on your goals and what you want to push for next. And I think, I think for 2019, that's one of my big goals is to have a community. Cause I mean, we don't really have much of a community for the podcast. I mean, we have, we have downloaders, we have subscribers and, but we, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no communication between us and them. And I don't know if it's because I haven't, I haven't broached that yet. And I, and I would like to, I mean, obviously I would like to have some sort of like question segment or anything like that. And especially since most of my co-hosts, my local co-hosts are developers, they're indie devs, they're, they, you know, you know, Will Blanton, he, he knows so much about, uh, pixel art and and indie design and from that aspect and like solo development and then i have my other host alex he's he's a scad grad and so he knows everything from like the like academic parts of of knowing game design and and i just have so many people that are just so knowledgeable that would be ready to answer those questions of all those fears of like people like hey i want to get into making games how do i do that it's like well i mean we (laughs) here's how we've been doing it so you know, take, take, take the advice we have and, and try to supplement your knowledge with it. Yeah. It's hard. Like that's a, that's a part that I still haven't cracked yet either. We've been doing it for almost five years now. Um, I think we'll be five years, uh, in January and it is one of the most difficult things to figure out in turn. There's two things right now that are super hard to figure out in terms of what I'm thinking about in terms of running the show. One is, community engagement in a way that feels um, organic and doesn't feel um, like you're putting yourself in weird positions. Um, And when I say weird positions, I mean, just like you want there to be a healthy barrier between your community and yourself just for your own personal, like sanity, uh, sanity and, and, you know, depending upon where you are in your life too, just like, you know, I want to say certain things online, but I feel like now with the way that the world is, um, you can, you know, if you haven't figured out how to quote unquote cover your tracks in a good way, you know what I mean? Like if you own a thing, your name and your address is probably out there somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Not, not even on some like nefarious things. Like, like I love our community. I don't ever think our community would bug out and do some weird stuff. But it is one of those things where it's just like, oh, I'm an owner of a business. Oh, I have an I have a business address that is probably not my probably not a PO box. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's that kind of stuff where you're just like, all right, so let me figure that thing out. And then the second part is Patreon. Patreon is a huge trying to figure out mess of are you doing enough for your community? Are you providing them good um, uh, rewards? Are you giving them enough stuff to feel like? the trade-off of you not putting that information in your main show is doing, you know, is a benefit to the community. Like, and then it's just like, how do you branch that out into good stuff that you feel is good content? Like you feel like it's not just like, I need to be doing this because you know what I mean? So there's a lot of weird layers to all of it. And it's, again, it's that whole multi-prong thing of just like, what can you do to stay relevant? What can you do to make sure that you're kind of pushing the needle forward and feeling like you're putting out good content at the same time. So it's, it's a real mixed bag. But at the very least, and I mean, like, I feel like this is the case for any creative endeavor. It's like, 
our 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 audience isn't large our our subscriber base isn't isn't huge but i'm happy to to make it i'm happy to make the thing and i've had people come through that have been you know temporary hosts or or have guested every once in a while and i i know some people are like this seems like a lot of work for like not a lot of like return and i'm like yeah but as long as you're doing it in a healthy way it's so good yeah. for your mental health i find like yeah. if i didn't have this pillar i'm sure it'd been filled in by another pillar but it's it's good to have something to to really help organize your thoughts because it's like okay i'm, I'm gonna be here i'm gonna be speaking and and i need to be able to understand like what i'm speaking to and how i feel about it and to be able to organize that and having a a a medium in which to that forces you to to organize your thoughts i think is just really healthy healthy for me from a you know emotional st- standpoint a mental health standpoint and like uh just being more articulate <laughs> i was so bad i mean obviously everyone's bad when they start doing this but it's it's kind of funny like wow i could see what i was trying to say at the beginning but i was not good at saying it oh yeah i've oh man this i still get there at some point so i'm just like that was supposed to be a coherent sentence that was supposed <laughs> to be a full a full thought it is neither yeah it's like i didn't hit any one of those milestones i'm just like <laughs> i just rambled for 10 minutes and now i have to try to figure out how to backtrack or and then like speed up the show because i messed it up so i yeah. get that it's you learn you learn and i trip over my words so much i mean it's it's ridiculous i'm like how why this should be illegal <laughs> There should be police raiding my house, stealing my microphones. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. Like, I have, I have it at least once every other show. Like, you know when you kill the show, you're just like, oh, I knocked that out of the park. And in his days when you were just like, was I high? Like, did someone, did someone put something in my drink? Did I, like, botch all that? And if you do it with a guest, then it's even worse. You're just like, oh, no one's ever going to listen to this episode. Damn it. Uh. And that's crazy, right? Because we've been doing this for a bit, and then we still have that. Right. You know, like the newbies who are coming up, I feel for them. Like you'll get it at some point, but um, just, just stay patient with yourself. You have to give yourself like a good like marker for yourself to be like, all right, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And like, I'm, I'm competent in what I'm trying to do. So. Right. Um, And I feel like the, despite all my, you know, stresses about fumbling over my words and all that stuff, I feel like I hit it pretty well with the panel. It's very weird. Oh yeah. I stress out the entire day before that. I'm just like a bundle of nerves. I sweated a lot that first day before the panel. I was like really uncomfortable. I was like, do I smell? Because like I'm just sweating through my deodorant. I really hope I'm not offending like Austin. I feel this is weird. And then like the second you get up in front of that, I don't know if you saw, but like when I was at the podium, I was like, you know, making sure I was on it. But if you like looked at my hand, my hand just just wouldn't stop. It was just trembling the whole time i was like we just gotta get through this just gotta get through this you did a fantastic job it was a lot of fun you did you did a great job i appreciate it yeah yeah you you knocked it out of the park and it's also one of those things where it's like oh okay awesome i have this panel it's 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 at every pack so far feels good no one could take it away from me like you just start being super (laughs) defensive about it it's like we can't let it go it's mine my panel right my panel is my panel <laughs> but you know how I, I mean it's like whatever whatever like success or like whenever you hit a certain milestone you feel like entrenched where it's like okay like we can't backslide however we define that in our heads like we can't we have to always be as good as this yeah i mean but i think that in weird in weird ways that's good though like 
I'm I am a stickler for audio audio content and quality. Um, I'm a stickler for process. Um, so it's weird. Like this is the thing that we've been talking about internally on the show, just like in terms of trying to keep ourselves fresh. And that's a, like we still are trying to figure out like what's the best route to do that. And it's weird because it is like you start to look at other people who are doing different shows or doing shows where you're like, all right. So we started at about here. They started about here. And now they're past us in terms of like recognition and or numbers. And I mean, no one knows. It's a weird thing. It's like, right. uh, look like at taboo. That, that review number. It's like how many reviews yeah. do they have? All right. How many, how many reviews, reviews do they get? Like, yeah. you know, cause no one really like dips into their actual, like how many downloads did you get this month? Like I'll tell you once if you ask me, but most folks are just like, don't want to share that information because it's like this weird thing where it's like, if you tell people your download number, it's like you find out some secret. Right. And I'm like, no, like you have to know what the climate is so that you can determine what your metric should be. And then you have to determine that will, that will then influence your goals for the next couple of, couple of shows or next month or whatever. Um, but it is that weird thing where you're constantly comparing your show to other people's shows. And then you have to like sit back and be like, all right, so we do this really well. Why isn't that connecting? And is if it's not connecting, what is that? What's the reason for that? Is that a process thing? Is that a message thing? Is that because of you know the the market is saturated? It's a whole bunch of different metrics and a whole bunch of different things you can point to and be like, all right, so here's a data point here. All right, what does that mean? But it's all super nebulous because because like most most content creators understand that everything is really fickle. Like your downloads will be weird one month. We had like some crazy double download month like two months ago. And I was like, why? Like, we didn't do anything special this month. Why are the numbers high? And I was like, okay. And then the, the month after that, they were low. So who knows? Like somebody, some random website gets a hold of your stuff, and th- throws it out in the world and other people see it. So yeah, it's it's funky. And uh, it, I mean, for me, it's always like, oh, okay. I had this guest on. Okay. This must have, this is it, right? Like, this is the point. And I mean, obviously it happened like really early where it's like, I had my first guest on. It's like, all right, this, cause I mean, it was originally just like uh, a round table and now it's like alternating between round table and guest. And mm-hmm. uh, you're like, okay, having a single guest on that should like really improve the numbers. Right. And then when that doesn't like really like codify, you're like, okay, let me look at specific guests okay, when I have this specific guest on because they have a big Twitter follower number or whatever, it's like, that should be it, right? And then, like, it improves a little bit. But yeah. then, uh, but it's not like... And you, and you bank on it, too, a little bit, right? Like, you, like no one who is doing this work doesn't know that. Yeah, you're you're hoping that the folks that you bring on, bring enough people with them, that they will help boost the profile of your show. Like, I still remember the, the biggest show that we ever did was the one with Colin Moriarty on it. Like it's it was a good it was a good time to have him on and he was starting to like he was still okay on kind of funny at that point (laughs) before before you tripped out but it was like you know it was a good show and i still love that show like it was a good episode but it just it just depends on so many different factors that you can't really rely on we've had shows with guests on and i was like oh my god this is gonna be it and then it was not that in terms of numbers. It was always a good show, always good conversation, but it was not what I was expecting in terms of numbers. So who knows? Well, also, like at the very least, like I've created, I have established such a network of awesome people that have like led to other things. It's not directly related to the show. It's led to like me 
creating friendships and also like meeting awesome people at conventions and also like getting awesome opportunities at conventions. Um, like, I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't like just randomly reach out to Adam Saltzman on Twitter, I would not have also then interviewed Becca Saltzman at PAX South, which wouldn't have led me to helping run their booth at PAX East. Like, right. It's stuff like that. Stuff like that is so dope. Like those are the things I love about the industry is like, there are, there are so many good folks who need help who, if you show some initiative, will look out for you, will take care of you, will pay attention to your work, they'll show your work, and they'll get you indoors that you did that you never expected. Like uh, my job now over at Intel was so many various layers of happenstance and hustle and people being good and nice to me and appreciating what we do at Spawn on Me that it like absolutely got me a job, which I would have never expected. I wanted it to do that. I didn't think it would. But it totally did. And then I'm just like, oh, okay, that's, that's, you know, all those things layered upon layered upon layer and you get to different, different places. So that's a, that's a thing I think most people have to pay attention to is like you, your, your create, your creative work can be a vehicle for other stuff that gets you indoors and in places that you want to be. So that's like sometimes better than just getting good numbers. Is there, um, I have a, I have a couple, I have a handful of people I already know that have like assisted me a great deal but is there anyone off the top of your head that you've had on the show or have met via the show that you think have been like the biggest kind of influences or help to you like as a creator and as a like a person in the in the industry oh absolutely um there's like five there's like four or five people there's like um sean alexander allen who's over doing treachery and beat down city um, Sterling McGarvey, who is a former former press, now doing consultancy stuff, but he also helped do um, our last charity event with me. They have just been like brothers in arms, like locked on locked arms, walking through doors, just like holding my hand and being like, "Khalif is a good person." They do a good show. Listen to their stuff, uh, and that was super early on, and that's just continued throughout the years. Um, Adam Sessler is like my brother. I love him with like all my whole heart. Uh, he has helped us get into so many doors and has co-signed us in ways that we could never like repay. Robin Honecky is like an amazing human. She's awesome. Yeah. She's an amazing human has helped me out in so many ways. I love her to death. Um, Mike Micah also like Mike, Mike was one of those cats who just like in the beginning of spawn on me liked us so much and really like dug what we were trying to do that he became like family too. So it's like, he definitely has taken me aside when I was just like, yo, this is bullshit. Like we can't figure out how to get things. To- oh, I'm sorry if I cuss. I don't know. If no, 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 no. Cursing cursing's Uh-oh. fine. Okay. Um, and I was just like, Mike, I don't know what to do. Like I'm having this weird existential crisis of just like, I don't know what the next step should be for my career in this space. I don't want to be the token black dude who just rolls through and they're like, Oh, Khalif is here. So now we have whatever we need to be in that, to be in that space. But like Mike has like actually sat down and helped me like formulate a plan to be like, well, here's a job that you could possibly do if you wanted to get into the industry because of all the stuff that you've done in the, in with spawn on me. Like here are the, here are the actual like one-to-one, you know, he guidance counselor, counselor <laughs> to me in real ways. Right, and what's it, your it was like, plan? For real though. But it was like, it was like such a, and, and Dave Lang too, Dave Lang as well. Like they've helped me in that space to do that kind of work. And it was just like, how do I connect the dots between me being a podcaster, 
me running the show and an actual, what does that look like in terms of what jobs look like in the gaming industry? And he connected those, those dots for me. And I was like, Oh, okay. So all these skills that I've amassed over the past couple of years are actually marketable things that I can use for an actual job. And those people like opened so many doors for me that it's I, like, I, I owe my career in the, in the gaming industry a lot to them. Um, and I love them like forever, forever. I'm like, whatever you need, I, I got you. Like whatever you want, I'm down. Uh, Mike Micah is actually like one of the first like connections I've ever had in games. And it was actually kind of weird. So there's a, there was that, uh, the art of video games exhibit that was a traveling exhibit and it was here it was in southeast virginia so it was in norfolk and i went down to see it and i was walking around obviously they have like a bunch of consoles under glass they were showing and like literally 90 percent of them was donated by mike micah and i was like <laughs> what what this is like and uh, you know everyone knows about mike micah's basement like everyone's yep. seen mike micah's yep. basement so it's like if he donates an nes here or there it's like he's not hurting for nes's and I was just like, that's crazy that he donated like so much of of his collection to this thing. And I just randomly tweeted, I was like, oh, it was really cool to see at Mike Micah, like see his this stuff at this museum. And he like responded, he was like, whoa, where'd you see it? Where is it now? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's over here in Virginia. And then he <laughs> followed me and I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Mike Michael follows me now, and I've yeah. I've never I've never reached out to him because I've always treated that like relationship as very I don't know weirdly sacred in my head where it's yeah. like I don't want to bother him because like yeah he he did he did that thing like we just we shared we shared a moment and and, <laughs> and that was it but I mean obviously I would still probably lo- love to talk to him about iDarb and other ocean stuff so maybe maybe I should reach out to him I don't know you should he's like the thing I love about even just naming those five people right it's like they're all brilliant like that's the thing I love about this industry is like finding out people's brilliance and like being able to either share some of that with our audience or just like now it's at the point now where I'm being selfish and I'm just like, I don't want like I, I remember like midway through this year going to a couple of events and not bringing my recorder. And that was a huge thing for me because I'm always like, shit, you we got to we got to get stuff. Hashtag content. Yeah, we hashtag content. You got to get stuff. You got to get stuff from people and hopefully, you know, put them in a room and sit them down for like 20 minutes and get some stuff. And this year was really different where it was like, I just want to remember the feeling of being able to pick people's brains and not have it be on the record. Like that part is so much better than half the stuff that we ever get a chance. Like the stuff that never makes it into a Spawn on Me episode with a guest is a hundred times better than the stuff that actually gets on the show. It sucks that that's the way it kind of get that I'm saying that out loud. That means like, don't listen to the show. Um, <laughs> just follow Khalif just, around. Just follow me around. Look for my hard drive. Um, and then you get all the stuff, but those all get thrown away. Ha ha. So uh, you can't get it. <laughs> but like the conversations we've had offline or like pre-show or like during the break, that's where all the juicy, cool, fun stuff. That's where everyone gets to let their hair down and share all the, all the really cool stuff. And like Mike, is one of those dudes that just like he literally knows everyone. There is not a person in this industry that he probably doesn't know unless they're like super new. And those stories are the most badass, interesting stories because they're just like this is where the foundation of all the stuff that we get to see and play and, and mess around with now have come from. It's like those old, old stories of like old gaming vets who just like seen it all. And those conversations are fun. 
Cause it's just like, wow, you get, you get a real different perspective on where we are. You know, when we see people who are really entitled in the space, you're just like, man, you really just don't understand how good you have it. Like you really just don't understand how dope this industry is and you want to crap on people and you want to crap on devs. And you want to crap on studios and all this other stuff. But like no one comes into this industry trying to make bad stuff. Like no one comes in just trying to trying to make garbage garbage titles or whatever it is that you won't like because you didn't get the thing that you thought you wanted to get at a conference. So it's like, <laughs> you know, because it's on a smartphone now for some reason. I don't like hashtag that. topical. Like, but it's but it's just like you know, it, it's it's that stuff. It's like I, I feel very very blessed and lucky to have gotten into the industry when I have and to stay in it in the space that I'm in now and hopefully expand that because I'm now privy to more of these amazing people who have these dope stories and it's like getting able to do that is so much fun it's like such a good such a good space to be in yeah yeah definitely for me this year it was i i feel like i i had four four people that were kind of kind of that backed me up a lot um becca saltzman obviously really backed me up it was really funny though because i remember you telling me the story of like kind of sean alexander allen kind of walking you around and introducing you to people like Becca yeah. did that at at East for me. Like it was, I was just like, because I wanted to see, I wanted to say hi to Kelly Wallet because obviously, like we focus on indie devs and Kelly's yeah. doing a lot of stuff with Indie Mega Booth, and so she went over there and introduced me to her. Um, it was actually really funny because we were gonna have, she was gonna come on uh, uh, before West, and we were gonna do a recording, but she had to reschedule, and we haven't had a chance to reschedule it. And then a week later, she was on your show, and I was like, God damn it, like God damn, <laughs> pulling it, it out always from happens though. It always happens. It's yeah. such a, it's such a podcast, and you're just like, "What? The, I was supposed to get that?" Per- oh, <laughs> yep. But yeah, Becca just walking me around because she was like, "Oh, I'm going to introduce you to." It was like, "Here's here's Kelly Wallach," and then also like she was going to introduce me to uh, Tommy and all the people at Team Meet, and that was actually really yeah. funny because I just wanted to I just wanted to say hi. I was like, "Oh, I would love to say hi to Tommy," and Tommy was actually like showing Super Meat Boy Forever to like this little kid. And was just like running him through the game. So I was like, okay, I won't bother him. And I talked to the rest of the dev team and they were really awesome. And did not say anything, but Becca was like, oh, also Dylan runs a podcast. Um, and I'm sure Tommy would love to be on it. And I was like, huh, like, what? <laughs> like, wasn't, wasn't over here to like, try to like ha- hawk my, my wares. Like I was just, <laughs> just wanted to say hi to people. And I was yep. just like, oh yeah. I was like, we'd love to, you know, I'm sure you, you can talk to Tommy whenever you want. I was like cool yeah cool <laughs> uh but yeah um then felix obviously felix has been a in my corner so much this year obviously helping Love out them ha- helping out with uh pax east and pax west both both of the hinge gems panel there and mm-hmm. i i have i only met both becca and felix this year at south so it's this very weird thing to go from like meeting them for the first time and and like having no idea you know how that was going to go to to them being like huge supporters of me and 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 helping me out with everything. Oh yeah, having Lego having Lego butts in your corner is a good thing, <laughs> right? Like right, super good thing. And they're just they're 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 so ready to help. I'm super grateful, and obviously Felix is just working their butt off, their Lego butt mm-hmm. off all the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's it's they're always ready to help to help out me, and then. uh and then Anya Combs over at Kickstarter, she's been like, we just basically spent all of PAX West together because it's nice. like, it's, it's this weird thing, right? Because like I have all of these friends and connections, um, but they're all devs. So they're all like, 
love to hang out. I'm at my booth. Mm-hmm. Got to work my booth. And then Anya's like, well, I'm just, you know, I just have to walk around and talk to people. Do you want to go do that? And I was like, <laughs> sure, yeah. And I met Kirk Stott from Nintendo that way. That was really cool. And a lot nice. of stuff like that happens. And then um, Callum Underwood over at Raw Fury and Caffeine, <laughs> he, he is just such a sweetheart and also I need to, I need to chill with Callum because I feel like Callum is is uh, we follow each other on Twitter but I feel like I just get such good energy off off of him on his account yeah. that I'm just like we need to we need to build at some point and say what's up yeah you need in a, you, in a you real need to reach way. out to him I think I think I reached out to him like right as he followed me and I'm like hey like uh we've never met but uh I love the stuff Raw Fury is doing so let's talk yeah and um and then after immediately after we talked he was like hey uh, then GDC rolled around. And he's like, "Hey, come to this thing. Come to this dinner. Come to this party." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> Love yeah, to. yeah, 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 yeah." Um, but like that stuff so is so awesome, and uh, and yeah, like you said, I, I I find so much value in that almost over like whatever our subscriber numbers are at, at any one time. It's it's uh it's really cool because like those you know those relationships they're 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 for life. Like you as long as you nurture them and 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 keep reaching out to those people and like every time every time i talk to callum he's like how's life how you doing yeah yeah what's good and i'm like everything's great did you did you, did you finally get some of those like this happened to me at x event like kind of memories yet like uh like i got into this weird thing or this crazy party or this like blah, blah, blah. a couple like, have you got some of those yet yeah 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 like i i said this on the podcast before um uh, but when we ran into Kirk Scott, me and Anya, Kirk was like, oh, Anya, hi. It was like, they knew each other and they hugged and we were staying outside the Nintendo booth and we were both like, oh, booth looks awesome. So cool. Um, and the line was like wrapped around it, obviously. And, and, mm-hmm. and like the Nindy section and stuff. And Kirk was like, hey, thanks. Do you want to get in? I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> so good yeah stuff like that it's it's fun and like i mean i hope when i share that stuff it's not like well i'm i'm a big wig um look at me like look what i've come uh i've come so far but sometimes you just find yourself in circumstances you know what i mean you're just and it's and it would be dumb for you to not capitalize on it you know what i mean it's like who who knows when the next time you'll be able to like jump the line at a, at a nintendo booth or whatever it is, is you gotta like take that stuff and, and work it and 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 not and not take it as like uh, I'm supposed to be here. When I've seen that from folks, right? I've seen that from you know content creators. I've seen that from devs. I've seen that from super big wigs, and they're just like, "Well, I'm this is I'm supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here." I was like, Ugh. "Like that part is always gross." I'm just like, eh, "I don't like that part. Go away. It's gross. I don't like it." Yeah, and that it goes back to that entitlement thing you were talking about. Yeah. If you stay humble, like humbleness will get you so far in this industry. Being humble will get you really far. <laughs> Just don't talk crap because everybody knows each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you know, having Austin on the panel at West, like that was all pure happenstance because I ran into him. If you know that Starbucks in the West End next to PAX East. I ran into him and Patrick there. First time I ever met him. I was just like, hi. It's like, I'm running a panel. Like, hope, hope your weekend is going to go well. And that was at the beginning of the show. And then near the end of the show, I was back in that same line. And then Austin <laughs> came back <laughs> in the line. And I was just like, hey, it's like, how'd your panel go? He's like, great. It's like, how'd yours go? It's like, awesome. It's like, you want to be on it at West? He's like, sure. I'd love to. I was like, sweet. See, that's the stuff. Yeah. 
That stuff is great. I love it. And that, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. I feel good. Do you feel good? I feel good. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I, like I said earlier, I was like, I feel really privileged to be in the position that I'm in. And it's, it's, it feels good to be able to feel like there are, th- there are still things that I want to tackle, which is, which is nice to be like, oh, I did this and this and this, and now that's it. Right. Like, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like, oh man, there's so many more opportunities to do cool stuff. Now that you now that you know more people, it's just like, oh, I want to do something with you. I want to do something with you. Like, how can we make that happen? Um, and that feels so much better to be like, oh, I have options. <laughs> if I don't mess it up and I don't botch it, I still have options. <laughs> so what is like, so how do you kind of view the 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 structure spot on me? Because like I, uh, you obviously go to a lot of press focused stuff. Like you went to E3 kind of as press, like you went to the, to the Xbox event and stuff. Do you like view yourself like as a press person or like an advocate or like, how, how do you view that stuff? Um, it's difficult because I feel like we're in this in between space where it is a little bit of advocate and it is a little bit of press. Um, because it's it, and it's also been one of those things that like it depends on what we do with the the stuff that we pull from that from those events, and it's been more difficult because like all of us have gotten really busy, like just personal life stuff have gotten extremely busy, um, and it's come at a great and and terrible time where it's like we are at a space where we can grow hopefully and get bigger, but it takes a lot of effort to get everyone together to like move the horses all at once. Right. So it's like trying to figure out small spaces where each individual person from the show can like tackle a thing and then add that to the whole suit. Um, so it's weird. Like people ask all the time, they're like, so, you know, are you guys press or are you just like content creators or, and I'm like, we are a group of individuals who like to talk about video games and also to advocate for people of color and blah, blah, blah. But it's also like, I, I kind of think of us in this in like multiple ways where me, I'm trying to constantly see what are new things that we can be touching. And I feel like that's the that like as the person who's helping to, to, to run things or to kind of moving stuff along in that space, when I'm thinking about what we want to do for the future, it's usually coming down to format of the show. What are some segments of the industry that you don't see? gaming content really touching can we be a a disruptor in that space can we get into that space in a real way and can we keep relevant with the conversations that we see around us so it's like on a personal level it's more difficult because i'm a little burnt out on certain aspects of the gaming industry like and most of that comes from the fact that it's all like kind of filtered through social media stuff so it's like uh, you know, I'm not going to be as I can be as an as much of an advocate for a specific thing that's happening, but also I don't want to be on the on the internet arguing with people all day. So it's a weird it's a weird level. And like, how much of that stuff and energy do you bring into the show? Like, you know, we have conversations all the time about, you know, how mad do we want to be about this thing? And that varies between each individual person on the show, and that reflects itself in the content that comes out and it gave, and it gave me a really interesting perspective. I guess, I guess I can relate it to the co- the time that I was on kind of funny stuff with Greg and Greg and that crew get a really 
interesting knock on them often where it's just like, look, you guys have a huge platform. Your platform is huge. Everyone knows who you are. You bring in crap ton of views with everything that you basically do. Why don't you speak out more on stuff that is more relevant to people who are getting kind of crapped on, right? And their 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 kind of baseline has been like we'll dig into it, we'll have a conversation about it, but we won't necessarily like get super meaty with it. And some of that into their to their own benefit, they have been able to dodge a lot of not good bullets, right? Where it's like once you put a once you put a toe in the water, you have to like keep going, right? And if you stay out of the water, then you can kind of look at things and kind of survey the, the the landscape and do do what you need to do to like make sure that you're relevant in the in the conversation, which also not um, putting yourself in a bad position to get caught up. We are on the opposite end of that, where we'll dig we'll dig into a thing and want to go super hard about it, but again, it depends on the topic. Do we feel like we can talk about that thing in a not knowledgeable way? Do we feel like um, there's a benefit for our audience in a good way? Like, I love the fact that we're like SJW Central, right? Like, we, I love <laughs> the fact that that's us. Right. But also, it's like sometimes weighs on you a lot to be able to dig into all that stuff because you have to live, too. And, like, have some, like, space for your own mental sanity to be like, I can't fight for this right now. Like, I don't know if I want to fight for this right now. Do I want to dig into this part of the conversation right now on the show because it can open you up to possibly getting dragged online because you don't want to mess it up. Um, and and it's, and it's difficult. So it's like, it, 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 are we press? Like, yeah, like we still do pressy things. We want to do more press things. Um, but I would think that we're more kind of like a conversation show more than anything else. Like, I, and I don't know what that actually like labels you in terms of what your, what your media is, what your content is. Um, but it's an amalgam of a whole bunch of different, different bits. And I hope that when we do it, that we're getting them all right. That's the part that I worry about the most is like, are we serving? Are we, are we trying to be masters of everything? And if we are, are we doing them well? Um, and I think for the most part, we're still, we're still doing them pretty, pretty well. Like, I feel like we have a good handle on it, but I also feel like there's things we miss all the time. It is just because of like, turn around on the show. Uh, you know, when do you record as opposed to when you go live? All that stuff that I feel like we, we were missing some good conversations just because of format. So it, it depends. That was a rambly answer for that. <laughs> no, I liked it. And it, it kind of branched into some stuff I actually wanted to talk about. But yeah, like, you know, we do we do a week delay on ours and we don't do it live. So we record it and then I'll put it up the weekend after um, just for my own sanity with with editing a podcast uh, and balancing that with a full time job. But um, yeah, the the, you know, choosing what conversations you want to be a part of is is always an interesting thing like we uh we just had it we just had to talk about the 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 rockstar stuff obviously because i mean that that's big and and i was thankful because i kind of i kind of made this mental thing to myself i was like all right if we're going to talk about this rockstar stuff we can't talk about the rockstar stuff and then spend more time talking about the game like you know Mm. the quality of the game because i enjoy the game but I don't want to be like, all right, well, here's 10 minutes on, oh, these rockstar labor practices are bad. And then here's 50 minutes about how great the game is. But thankfully, right. because of the way the, the conversation led, we spent about like 45 minutes talking about the, the the labor issues and then maybe 15, 20 minutes on the actual game itself, which I like. But yeah, in the past, it's always been difficult 
both what conversations do I want to be a part of and also like am I am I doing them service and I mean obviously like I can't not talk about this stuff like this stuff is mm-hmm. important I think you know waypoint choosing to be a directly political show is important yeah. because that doesn't really exist. And to uh, I think something Dia said on on Twitter, it's like Waypoint can't be the only ones doing that because that puts an undue burden on them. And at, at the very least, for me, it has inspired me to be more political on on my show. But I mean, but I mean, you can mess that stuff up too. Like I mean, an example of like a, for lack of a better term, politicized topic, like when the when the Nick Robinson stuff broke. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I had no idea how to handle that. Like I was like, this this is something that needs to be talked about. But I saw that everyone that was related to that issue or or knew of Nick, they weren't using his name, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they would they would talk about it. They would basically subtweet him and be yeah. like, this thing is horrible. This thing is terrible. I'm sorry about anyone that's been hurting. And so my my what I chose to do was to kind of emulate their style and be like, okay, we're going to talk about this person, but we're not going to say their name. And then the Waypoint episode came up and the title was Nick Robinson. I was like, fuck, I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up by not calling him out. <laughs> well, it's we're, here's the weird part of that too, right? Where, and this is the thing that, and I can't speak to, I can't speak to Sharif and Cicero, uh, co-hosts on the show about how they feel, but I personally feel a weird level of pressure too, where it's like, not pressure to jump in on a con. Well, actually, you know what? Yes. There is some pressure to jump in on a conversation when you've already s- stated and kind of shown that you have not been worried about doing it in previous shows. But also there's like a pressure to do as well as the other folks who are having that conversation. And I feel that often with Waypoint and I love them. I I adore everyone on that show because they're so good. And then I'm just like, oh, well, your show went live on Monday our show is going to drop on Tuesday. <laughs> what the hell am I going to add to this conversation that you'd already didn't do well and killed it? you like, you have snippet worthy, you know, like stuff that will go viral in the conversation that you had. And we're just going to come on and be like, yo, that was screwed up. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want that to be what we do, but it is also one of those things where it's just like, how do you balance out being in the conversation in a good way, but also, feeling like you're actually like taking charge of a of of a topic or you're you're doing well by that topic in a way that you know i don't know it's weird it's 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 such a weird thing i don't know like i think really quickly i think about often and this has been a thing that's happened in 2018 i think all the time about gita jackson's article um we can't save the internet and the premise of it was at least the, the the part that I hold on to all the time is there's this level of performative activism and allyship and 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 stuff that we see across all sections of the internet, right? It's like we're all on the internet for a reason. We're not, especially if you create content, you're not creating content or talking about things in public just to have no one listen to it. So it's like, how much do you dig into a thing? How, how forcefully do you say a thing? Uh, and are you doing that thing out of, an altruistic want to make the space better? Or are you doing that because you know that you've gained a certain amount of followers or that you could gain a certain amount of followers or, you know, those, those other metrics that don't really matter. Are you boosting that stuff to try to push yourself forward and your, and your outlet forward and your stories forward? And I think about that and I delete so much stuff now before it ever gets tweeted or we think about it, but it's also then like you miss 
being a part of some of those conversations. And I've, I've seen people subtweet me about being like, yo, all these cats who are talking all this diversity stuff, you see they're quiet about such and such and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know that that was some of the, some of that stuff was like some of those things. I'm like, that was at me. You know what I mean? Like, and it's fine. But also like, I don't need to jump in everything when we have so many people jumping into the conversation right now. Right. It's not like anything that didn't happen with the, the blizzard devs. You know what I mean? Like Jason Schreier jumped on that thing. Like a whole bunch of folks jumped on that conversation. What am I going to add to that thing? That was something that wasn't heard before or another angle or something else. Right. Like most times you're not adding anything to the conversation. You're just parroting stuff you've already heard. And if you can't do that, then that's kind of a waste of time. You know, like if you're not first, it's weird. If you're not first, it doesn't really make a difference. And that kind of sucks, but it's, but it kind of is the way the internet works. And it was really funny that, because with the Diablo stuff, like I think you retweeted something and it was talking about like gamer entitlement. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I want to tweet something to this effect. And I just wanted to say like, you know, the Smash Brothers reveal came out like, I don't know, the during the week. And I was just like, oh, well, the characters I wanted to be in there aren't in there because the Grinch leak lied to me or whatever. And that's fine. And my comparison was like, okay, I really want these characters in Smash, but because they're not. Maybe I would be frustrated, but I wouldn't be like booing at them on a stage or like going to a QA like <laughs> session and being like, so do you just hate the people that play your game now? And it was really weird because like part of it might have been a little performative, but like I wanted to kind of spin it from like the perspective that I was feeling that week and some rando responded to me so to be clear. Like I tell I have no followers. I have like 180 something like no one follows me so to have some <laughs> random person start talking to me that doesn't follow me it must have been like okay no one retweeted this no one liked the, my tweet right. so obviously like you have some sort of like keyword filter uh-huh. turned on <laughs> like why are you going after me like i don't right. care like i'm just not gonna respond but like if you're trying to punch up like there's way way bigger fish in this in this lake to punch up to yeah yeah yep but it, but that's the way the internet is, right? It's just like we live in this really weird space where it's just like everyone feels like they need to chime into everything. Like there are people in the industry who I love to death, who I like. I believe in everything you believe in. I like I'm I'm an I'm an ally in some ways. I'm like you know b- being able to feel like I can rock with you in terms of the way I want the world to look. But just the way that that message gets shared from those people is a turnoff and it sucks because it's just like, I don't want to do like, I don't need that light, that layer of yuck to go with your good, your good, <laughs> like sentiments, like there's ways to do it. And it just sucks because it's just like what I hope for the internet and for the podcasting space and to all content creator spaces is. What I, what I hopefully want to get from reading your stuff or viewing your stuff is to feel like there is a 360-degree person in there, right? It's the reason why I totally, totally believe that if you share some snarky shit online, at some point you got to share some good stuff. And if you can do that, that like will gar- that will like bring people to you. That's the thing that people actually care about. They show that you're you can share that you're a nuanced person. And you can share that you have more than just like angry tweets to share. And I'm like, that's dope. Like those are the people who like, it was, I'm in the hugest paring down of my Twitter account now at this point. Cause I'm just like, my tweet deck is like bugging out anytime I open it. It's just like too many people. Cause I didn't know how to use Twitter when I was 13 or whatever the hell. 
but it's one of those things now where it's just like, man, I just want to like have more people in my space who challenge me, but also aren't necessarily just being angry all the time. And that's, that's what I want. Like, I want to be challenged. I want you to tell me I'm being an asshole if I'm being an asshole. And I want you to like, take me aside and tell me I got something wrong when I got something wrong. But also just like, let's just be better about, you know, how, what we put out in the space, like what we put out in the world. Cause that energy is just bad. It's like not good energy to have around you. So I dig that. And especially if like you, you see people that are very angry and they express that way. It, it like helps, it helps me kind of like find my alignment basically. Like if someone's, if someone's frustrated and someone has a pain point about something that I'm ignorant of because I'm a cis hetero white dude, it, it, it helps me. But then my fear my ultimate fear is then to have that anger targeted at me at some point in the future because I I did something wrong or like intentionally or unintentionally. Like I hope I never do anything out of malice. I I, I work really hard to not do anything maliciously, but like it would it would terrify me if the same person that like said something very angrily and fiery to 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 get people's attention to a thing was then directed at me. I don't know I don't know how I would handle that. Well, that's the thing, though, right, is like we live in a space where you can't be wrong. And that sucks. Like there is no space for learning, or at least at least from a lot of the folks who I see in, in our space who are just like kind of folks that you would be like, these are the go to people that I would go to for this particular conversation or this subject where I want there to be the space to be able to grow. But also, like, again, there are ways to do things. Like I, I was, it was weird. I was going to put out a tweet the other day that was just be like, yo, if I, if I bought something, my DMS are always open. You can DM me mm-hmm. and be like, yo, Kai, you botched that. I don't like when people are like, well, you said this thing and they tweet it directly at you or they like quote tweet. Also. And it's weird. Cause it's like this really stupid, just like unnecessary Twitter etiquette things that we have like all adopted and it removes human beings from being human beings. And that part sucks. Because it's just like, why is that a thing? Because weirdly, people have all assumed or people have just like all kind of agreed that these things are terrible and these things are bad and this is not the way you should do a thing. And I'm just like, I want to go back a little bit. Like, I want to I want to take a, a couple of steps back and be like, look, the way I've learned to help people do what they need to do and to meet them at their level and to meet them where they're at is to take them aside and be like, yo, this thing was wrong. This thing hurt me. This thing was not factual here's the thing that like, here's the thing you should know. But like, there are people who are just like, if you tweet at a person who you don't even know is problematic, they'll be like, yo, that person's problematic. Yo, get away from those people. And I'm just like, I don't know what the thing is that they did. Like, you didn't even tell me what they did. Like, can you not do that publicly? Like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's like small, small things that just irk me in in terms of like how we have decided that the discourse is going to go that I hope changes. And I hope that we're you, me and, and other folks are like looking at the ability to kind of soften some of that coarseness and meet people where they are, because like you as a white cis head dude, you're going to mess up me as a cis head black dude. I may mess up. It either is at the point where I just don't say anything because I don't want to botch it and I don't want the the pitchforks to come out or I'm just super, super, super selective about what I talk about. And with a almost platform, <laughs> like it helps to be able to be able to like advocate for people in real ways and not feel like even if you do it and you botch a thing, 
that that you're going to get like strung up for it. So yeah, I feel like there needs to be some like internal audits for people to just be like, yo, it's not that deep. And if it is, then you can like hit me up on my DMs and be like, yo, Kai, you botched it or whatever. And, and then we can figure it out. Because that way, that's like where friendships are. That's where friendships actually work. Yeah. <laughs> like human relationships actually work. So, And I feel like that's the thing, right? Because we can speculate all we want about whether or not Twitter is dying or whatever. Like I kind of feel like at the very least, a lot of people I know and respect have, have left the platform for a mm-hmm. lot of very good justifiable reasons like i mean obviously nick capazzoli is no longer on the service adam saltzman yeah. is no longer on the service and i mean the the real shame in doing that is that you don't get to hear from these people that add value to mm-hmm. the industry and you also then it becomes much harder like what what twitter at least what i saw twitter as at from the outset is what a lot of the internet is and it's a democratization and then this way it was a democratization of you know, reaching out to people you normally wouldn't be able to. Right. And I've reached out. I mean, I reached out to you originally on Twitter. Like, I mean, we yeah. wouldn't be having this conversation right now if I, if if not for, for Twitter. But, I mean, obviously we could have reached out some other way, but like it, it creates more walls in doing it and doing using another format, whether it's email or something, because you send the email and it's like, okay, well, maybe they don't check that email. I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe this email got lost. Maybe it fell in a junk folder. Um, and... I really don't care either which way if 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 Twitter goes the way of the dodo what I care about is having a way to follow and appreciate and and communicate with my peers and my potential peers because I feel like that has value and at the very least I that's what I thought was like the core of Twitter and that everything else kind of just became a lot of a lot of white noise and a lot of Nazis <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all that stuff and then some, but it is also like, I think, again, like going back to that internal audit where I, and and, and I can say this from a, a privileged position and I can say that in a way that um, I understand that I'm saying this from, I should say, I'm understanding that I'm saying this from a privileged position is that I don't want to live this life looking at everyone like they're an enemy. You know what I mean? I have a luxury in being a cishet black dude, whatever, a you know, blah, blah, blah. And there are privileges that go along with that. But it is also one of those things where it's just like as much terrible stuff that I get on the Internet and in real life and, and, and all those things, I am making an active choice to not look at people as enemies right off the bat. And I will give you enough rope to hang yourself so that you can do that work if you choose to do that work. <laughs> But I also want to go into my interactions not believing that people have malice intent for me. And there's a whole millions of people who can't say that. And that's that's totally reasonable where they can just be like, yo, that is not my life. Um, but as a person who has been discriminated against and in multiple layers of stuff, I'm still hoping and trying to look at people and give them enough space to interact with me in positive ways. And I don't want to shut that out because then if that's the case, then... I don't ever need to be on social media again. Like I don't never, I don't ever need to put on another podcast ever again. Cause I'm looking to, to bring out those good bits of people, even people who I don't agree with. There are some people who I won't have back on the show because I feel like they've gone to a space where that's not reasonable anymore. But there are some people who, you know, depending upon the situation, I would love to talk to again and, and see where all those things are. It doesn't mean that we're going to have like common ground, but it does mean that like, I don't think you have malice intent. And I think that that's a reasonable space. 
I agree. Yeah. I don't know. You you have a very optimistic outlook on that stuff. And I and I like the idea that like you kind of framed it like podcast creation or content creation is like inherently an optimistic like act because we're kinda looking for you know, we're trying to we're we're sharing we're sharing a part of ourselves, right? Like we're trying to we're we're opening ourselves up in whatever way we can and like that's that's inherently like you're trusting strangers to like, you know, treat that well and treat and, and do right by that. Yeah, and it's it's a it's it's an active thing that I have to do all the time. You know what I mean? And that's that's the part that I think is the most important aspect of that of that tidbit is just like it is an active choice that I am making to try to put out good positive energy. Hopefully that stuff comes back to me. And when I do have those interactions with people where it is off and those people do have malice intent, I know that I can still go into that conversation knowing that those people have issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those folks, some of those folks just have issues. I don't know what they are. I don't know what level of therapy they need. But like if that person just jumped online and was like, Dylan, you did this blah, 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 blizzard stuff. Like some people are just not okay. Like, and it's fine to be like, yo, those people are not okay. What, whatever it is that you need to get out of this interaction, I am not the person to give that to you. I am not the person to provide that thing for you. But I do want to, with the people who I care about in this industry and people who I don't know, still want to actively put out good vibes for people. Because I feel like that stuff comes back to you. And like, you can see the people who are like angry all the time. Like, I don't want to be angry all the time. I don't have energy for that. This life is short. I think about that stuff in like existential ways all the time. Like just sitting on the bus and train this is going to go real. This is going to get real dark in a hot second, but it's like <laughs> sitting on the train. I'm just like, look, all these people are not going to be here at some point. Like we're all going to not be here at some point. And that being the case, like I don't want to spend most of this life being angry at everybody. There's times to do it, but like being angry at everybody does nothing for my personal well-being. And does nothing for the rest of the world. I can't put out good energy if I don't have good energy. So it's like, I'm just hoping people are able to do that work as well. And if you aren't, then that's totally fine too. But if you want to, like you can, but it has to be an active choice to do that. Yeah. I mean, for me, like if we want to talk about fatalistic outlooks and, <laughs> and, and reasons to do podcasts, I mean, for me, it was very much like, I don't want to go to my grave, not meeting my heroes. Like, yeah. And I mean, maybe that's a very kind of entitled selfish thing to say, but, and, and it kind of wraps back around to like why we do podcasts or like why we, why would you talk to a, a certain topic? But I feel like, you know, I, I look at the fandom that, that, you know, revolves around, you know, members of the gaming press and, and in influencers and content creators and stuff like that. And for me, wanting to talk to you or Austin or, or Patrick Klepek or, or any of those folks or Felix, it was never like, oh, like just want to shake their hand or, or whatever. It was always like, Oh, I want to like, I feel like I have something to say. I feel like I, like I could, I could contribute to a conversation, you know, with, with one of these people and like, whether it's with the panel or, you know, having one-on-one -on -one conversations, like I, I, I hope I'm doing that and I feel like I'm doing that. Or at the very least, like I got to spend an evening talking to Khalif or talking to Austin or talking to any of these folks. And I feel like there's value in that. I'm with you on that. It's, it's like, take that time. And if it's selfish, that's not a bad selfish thing. You know what I mean? Like that goes back into like, what do we think this life is going to be and what is it going to be worth and what is it for? And like, if that's a thing that you've determined as like, this is a thing I care about, 
you are actively doing that work. You know what I mean? And that's dope. Like there are so very few people who get to say that they do that work for themselves and be like, I have a thing that I want to get into the world. So many people talk about it and don't do it. And like you being able to do that and have a successful show and like have people care about your work and all that stuff. Like that's the thing to hang your hat on. And it's, it's a good thing to like, think back, even when the show was done and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Cause Oprah's got me coming on. <laughs> then it's, then it's like, yo, I did this show because this was my reasoning and my reasoning for that got me to this point, to this point, to this point. So it's like, it's, it's always about goals. It's always about, you know, being true to what you want the world to be and what the outlook is that you hopefully want to see. And then if you can help push it towards that, then that's dope. Like that's the thing that most people don't get to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I got all Billy Graham on people for a hot second before he before he was a terrible human. Well, that's not true. He was always a terrible human being. But <laughs> that's a whole other episode about religion and all the other things that I will probably not talk about. Get botched on. Um, why we ended on a high note, Khalif? Why don't we talk about like, what's a what's a what's a goal for 2019 that you want to do for Spawn on Me? Oprah or bust is number bust. one. Okay, all Oprah right. or bust is number one. Number one with a bullet. Um. I mean, there's a whole bunch of folks that's interesting. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that we haven't gotten on the show. Um, some of the folks we mentioned during this episode. But there's, like, I I think about where I want the show to be. And I, I feel like there are still spaces in which we can have an impact in places that folks don't normally think about. Um, and some of that may be video. Maybe some of that stuff is audio. Um, some of that stuff is maybe talking, you know, more speaking engagements for myself and, and hopefully for the rest of the crew. But I feel like we've gotten to this point where we can do more. And I want to figure out what that do more is. Like the charity stuff has been great. I don't know how far that will be able to go without us becoming like a 501c3 or, you know, other other additions to the business right now. But like there are so many aspects of gaming culture that I feel like we're not tapping into that we could. And, you know, whether that be some projects that I already have in my brain or that'd be just a reformat of the way that we do the show currently to make it more fresh and more um, more uh, uh, able to be transitioned between multiple kinds of content creation. Um, there's a lot of thoughts in, in, in that space of how, how that could actually work. Um, but, but, you know, personally, like, of course, there's a numbers want to get to a certain spot. Like, I, I feel really good that we are consistently in the top 200 of like itunes in the like other games category um like that is a that is the thing i never thought that we would would do when i first started the show it was like i remember when we first did our episode and it was like we're not even charting that's awesome (laughs) but now it's the thing like we chart every week even when we don't do a show we're like still in there so that that feels good um and really like the biggest goal is i want all of us as a crew to be able to figure out what the what each individual person is going to be able to bring to the table in a way that helps everything kind of get bigger. Like I want reef to be able to do more events and stuff like that. Cicero, I want him to be able to do more events and stuff like that. Um, we lost Tanya this year, unfortunately, because of just like busyness and all that stuff. But that, 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 that presence is sorely missed on our show. And there's perspectives in there that I would love to have back on the show. I don't know what that means in terms of like, do we have someone come back on and be another another host um, in the next couple of months or a year? So that's a hard thing to get uh, that vibes with everybody in the crew and also has like the same kind of mission statement. So there's a lot of fun things in the space. Um, 
but it's always about kind of getting better, always about trying to surface really good conversations and hopefully doing stuff so that, you know, we get to ask on more on more podcasts like this and, and other <laughs> things like that. So, yeah, it's it's always about trying to grind out and, and try to figure out what the next steps are going to be. And I guess I guess for me, it's it's kind of I think top of mind is is trying to leverage like our development knowledge and trying to use that as a resource for anyone that would want to reach out to us and and talk to any of the the devs that have been on um or the the devs that are in the local round table and be able to to speak to that uh speak to any questions about development whatever whatever it may be i think i think that's that's the big one for me because i i don't mind shouting into a void but might like the void to shout back a little bit <laughs> same yep <laughs> agreed on that that's yeah. totally real uh all right khalif well i think that was a that was an awesome episode that was dope. That was super dope. I'm so happy we got a chance to chop it up, man. I'm so happy. Yeah, man. I I appreciate you being candid and honest. I I was I was in this some existential places. I apologize for 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 getting all sappy and 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 weird on the episode. No, man. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I think it's good for people that are either like really into listening to video game podcasts or maybe even interested in starting one themselves. I feel like we. I feel like we need like some sort of consortium or something. Just we need like yeah. a, a board or like a the Congress representative from each show <laughs> to convene and, and talk. And see what the vibe is. That's that's probably like podcast movement. Everybody goes to that and then they, they go see it and, and everyone <laughs> chops it up and they're like, have you figured out how to monetize your podcast? Nope. All right. Everybody leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you next year, I guess. Yep. See you next year. And anybody find anything, just shoot me an email. <laughs> Put it in the minutes. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, uh, Khalif, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us over at Spawn on Me on Twitter. You can find me at Kajakins, K-H-J-A-H-K-I-N-S as in Sam. Uh, you can find our show on all the podcast uh, places that you would usually find those. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, uh, NPR One, and some other some other places. Uh, we always go live uh, usually on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. PST uh, with our live recording of Spawn on Me. And usually that show drops every Tuesday. Uh, you'll get the recorded version of that. And it'll be all nice and sexy and edited like I'm going to do right after this show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Edited podcasts. But yeah, those are all the places you can find our work. Um, and definitely shout us out. Let us know how you think about things. And, and like, like Dylan said, like we want to hear more from... Uh, folks out in your community about you know how we're doing and and vice versa anything anything we can share to kind of cross pollinate is what we want to do right yeah no definitely list the spot on me it's a valuable resource in the games industry we try <laughs> <laughs> and uh as always you can find me at dylan ovento and you can find this podcast and all of our other podcasts at ward games.com um, also on Twitter at Ward Video Games and anywhere you can find a podcast, like Leaf said, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just search Wardcast. Khalif, thank you again. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Anytime you, you know what, and that means we have to get you on the show. <gasps> I'd love. Got to get you on the show. I'd love to. We have to snag you for a Thursday and then put your pretty face on Twitch. On Twi- Twitch. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, man. I'll see you later. I'd rather be well. <laughs>